0: Hello and welcome once again to the Colorado Switchblade podcast coming to you from Estes Park, Colorado. I'm Jason Van of your host, founder of the Colorado Switchblade. And today I've got something special for you. The election cycles coming upon us coming this April. We're going to be choosing some new town trustees. Today, I have on for the first in a hopefully many-part installment series where we talk with all of the candidates. I'm going to be reaching out to every candidate that's running or if you are a listener and running for uh, town council, I would invite you to reach out to me at jason at coloradoswitchblade.com and we will arrange a time for you to have one of these interviews if you'd like to come on and talk to my reading and listening audience. But today, we have... Kevin Bennis, which you may remember I've written an article about, not not about politics, uh, but about his photography, uh, which is amazing in its own right. He does great wildlife photography here around town, um, and he's getting into these crazy um, space photos. I mean, I saw, I think it was over the weekend, he posted up like literal galaxies that he's he's working with this this special camera he's got and his telescope and just creating these amazing images out there in the deep of space. So check it out. Um, but Kevin Bennis has been here for seven years with his family. You may know him. He's most recently, just resigned from his position with Visit Essex Park um, as the Chief Financial Officer. He's served on a, a handful of different boards and committees around town. Um, you can find all of that great information on the candidate biography, which is available on the Town of Essex Park's website. They have a biography available for every one of the candidates. Um, and I definitely recommend, if you're a voter here in Esses Park, Go ahead and, and check that out. Give it a read. Uh, we need to know who who's looking to try to become one of our leaders and uh, several of our leaders. And it's it's a good thing we are always a good thing to be informed. Um, so let's just jump right into it and let Kevin speak in his own words about why he's running for town council and, and some of the things he'd like to see worked on and happen if he's elected. So let's just jump right into this interview. All right, folks, we're here with Kevin Bennis, who is going to be running for town council here in Estes Park. And Kevin, we've talked before, we've, I've done a, an article previously with you, more about your photography and your artwork, which is amazing uh, in its own right. Um, but I, I thought it would be great to, to start talking to some of the candidates and give them a form where they can speak in their own words about why they're running and and what they'd like to see uh, happening as uh uh, ss park marches into the future so please give us a quick introduction to the listeners that may not know uh, much about you
1: well thanks jason um, super excited to be a part of this um, we, I, we were talking before we officially recorded but you know what you've been doing lately and especially the switchblade is just it's much needed and um, I'm, I'm glad you're able to provide kind of a long format for us to you know, really dive into the issues. Um, So for those that don't know, my name is Kevin Bennis. I am one of the six candidates for Estes Park trustee. Um, I've been in town for seven years um, and six of those I worked in some capacity of town government. Uh, Initially it was the community services putting on events for the town, which is a big part of my personal background um, in private industry. Uh, And uh, most recently for the last four years um, as CFO for Visit Estes Park, just does the destination marketing for our town. Um, And uh, recently resigned from there to focus on my own businesses. Um, And back to that, I I have a finance background. Um, Accounting was my degree in college. And then Different businesses along the way. I've been in some capacity in a finance role or accounting role um, for the last, I guess, almost
0: twenty years now. And so, what really motivated you to say, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this new chapter. I'm gonna resign and uh, dive into politics, local politics."
1: You know. Um, Ever since I've moved to Estes Park, it's one of those communities that's the right size that you really feel like you can make a difference and make an impact. Um, and so I've been involved with a lot of different committees and, and boards and nonprofits in town. Um, and it's definitely one of those towns where like, it's an exciting community to be a part of. And local government, I've been involved in... I've reported to the trustees many times, done a lot of different presentations, kind of seeing how it works, especially with the Visit Estes Park level, um, being on that board and then, um, you know, seeing and, and really working with our board for the last four years, seeing that like that level of leadership is really, really important. And more importantly, not seeing myself especially represented um, at, at the town council level, especially, um, and it's really gotten better. Uh, when I first moved to Estes Park seven years ago, um, I was able to eventually meet the seven uh, that we had at that time. And seven of seven of them, excuse me, six of seven of them were retired. Um, And I think that's a voice that needs to be heard. It's a big part of our community. But um, I have a one-year-old son. My wife and I have a one-year-old son. Um, And with Carly resigning, um, Patrick is still there with kids, but there's not a a lot of Voice for young family, young working families on our town board, um, and I think that's part of the really kind of systemic of the way the system is set up. Um, something that probably doesn't get brought up too much is that um, you know town board position is is a part time job, right? It's effectively twenty or more hours a week, and it sits close to forty on some of the weeks where you know there's a lot of big things happening in town, um, and it it doesn't pay very well. It pays ten thousand dollars a year plus benefits, and I think that really uh, it it allows a certain kind of person and it restricts a lot of others um, from taking those kind of jobs and, uh, or almost a volunteer position, right? Something that's a big part of your life. But if you're a working family, how do you carve out the time to do something that doesn't really contribute to your household? Um, You know, that, that your community needs your voice. Um, And I've gotten myself in a position where I run my own businesses. I've been uh, sort of bootstrapping that since I began um, in the event space. And I'm in a place where we can do that, where I can give the time that is necessary um, to do this position justice.
0: And I, I got to tell you, one of the things. When we first interviewed, just on your photography, we kind of got into some discussions afterwards, mm-hmm. um, talking specifically about working families in essence, and that really caught my attention. And then when you you had mentioned to me you were considering running, uh, I thought that would be great because I really do feel that um, I agree with you that there's a segment of the population that tends to be younger and demographic that we're the ones out there working, we're the ones starting businesses. Um, or working for established businesses. And and I do feel like we've been a bit underrepresented and that that's important. I mean, and and I do believe that ss Park is kind of in a very dynamic time period. You know, the world's changing and and we need the right leadership to kind of usher ss Park in, in a way that works into the future for a way that works for everybody. You know, not just... You know, and you're right that the retired community as well is a a very big part of that. But I feel they've been much better represented than the young working folks. um, And that's just me personally. Um, You know, so... We've seen uh, one of the biggest issues that we've seen in Assis Park is workforce housing. Now, the the town is trying to to take that on. We have the Fish Hatchery Project that's, uh, you know, starting up and, you know, they've had their other workforce housing. But, you know, those those lists like they they get filled immediately and housing right now still is. One of the, the the top topics. I'm actually releasing a story tomorrow about a gentleman who's been here for seven years. Um, he's been evicted um, due to to some other issues, but we'll be talking with him. But you know, here's a guy who has been working in town for close to a decade, um, and then now he's he's looking at he may have to leave town. He may have to leave his his you know career that he's been building for seven years um, because there are no. Viable uh, rental units in the area that that aren't just completely full. So, yep. what tell us a bit about your thoughts there, and what you'd like to see. How, what What do you think the the vision of the future is for Essex Park when it comes to workforce housing?
1: That's a great question. Um, that's one that I have been involved with for the last couple of years, pretty actively with the EDC, which is our town's um, nonprofit, the Economic Development Corporation. Um, it is investor funded uh, by different businesses in town. I'm my business is one of those investors. I believe very strongly in the work that they're doing, and our, for 2022, the number one goal is workforce housing. So the Brutally honest truth is that the answer to workforce housing does not lie in incorporated Estes Park. There's not enough land. Space doesn't exist. Um, but what's great about that is we know it now. And there have been conversations. There was a, we had two county commissioners come up with the Larimer County Housing Authority, do some tours of some county land up here and talk about what it's going to take. And the EDC is leading that charge and um, sort of representing the town um, on that front and, and getting some of these roadblocks out of the way. Um, there is some private funding happening. I, if you've heard of the group called Four Points Funding, they're going to be breaking ground here pretty soon up on Highway 7 um, with a, uh, a multi-unit building that is going to have childcare on site. Um, Four Points Funding is a uh, venture capital fund, um, Colorado-based, that really invests and is extremely good at getting tax incentives and things to uh, make these kind of projects work, right? like That's their entire, entire mission. Um, but I think it points to a systemic problem that the only people that are being able to build any kind of successful housing are venture capital funds that specialize in having attorneys to make it financially viable. If it's not financially viable to build workforce housing or maintain it, then government will have to step in or we have to as a community accept that our workforce will live out of town or live in their vehicles. And to me, that's not acceptable. Um, If you work in this town and you want to be a part of this community, you should be able to. Um, I I don't think that's that radical of a view, but it's definitely one that some of the steps to get towards it are gonna be very hard. Um, And so when we tour those county properties, what we learned is the number one roadblock right now is utilities. Um, you build something that has thirty-two units in it; it requires a lot more just infrastructure than exists in our county. Um, the second major obstacle is code at the county level. Um, the Larimer County and Estes, like the unincorporated Estes Park, whether we agree with this today, when it was established, was made to be rural, um, and the code is written in a way that density is not allowed. Um, it's it's if you really read it, it's very strangely worded. It's it's determined by the amount of kitchens that you have, which is a a very strange thing. So if you build, you know, in a in residential zoning in unincorporated Larimer County, you are restricted to a single kitchen. Um, and there's deep code. That's a I'm summarizing and being a little. You know, saying that a little facetiously, but um, and that's a real question that our community and our unincorporated neighbors will have to answer, um, because it will be up to them to determine if they want to change that. We need the county land, I guess, is step one. Um, If we're going to build workforce housing in Estes Park, we'll need to expand in the county, and we'll need our partners in the county. Um, You know, our friends, our neighbors that most people don't realize are don't have the same voice that we do. Um, They're going to have to be bought in on this as well, because. Um, a lot of the things that they purchased their homes under the assumption of will need to change in order to address this problem.
0: How, how quickly do you think we may be able to, to make this work a little bit better than it is now? I mean, obviously something like that, we're, we're looking at years-long processes. How quickly do you think you can, we can see some some real relief?
1: Well, I think the first steps of those have started happening. Um, The town board approving the um, height requirements, the changes to downtown um, is one of those things that will eventually matter, Um, but it has to happen first, right? Um, That had to happen. And I know it's probably going to be a few years before any of those buildings are torn down and rebuilt for another floor. But with that other floor being housing, that's actually some density and some dense housing that will move forward. So the the steps are being taken. but it's, it's going to be, we'll never probably solve this issue, this issue ever in Estes Park. There's just not enough land and we're surrounded by protected land, but we can make it better and make a plan um, and just work on making it better and having accessible housing, whatever that means. Um, if our community determines that they don't want dense housing, um, then we will work with what we can, but the, the reality is it's a voter decision um, to change those codes um you know in the county commissioners and if they decide that in unincorporated Estes park was made to be rural we want to keep it rural you really will not see this situation get much better um but things like the the code enforcement for downtown were a great first step something the town board could truly do to say like hey if you build another building downtown you have to build another floor on it it must be dedicated to housing those kinds of things um creating uh, tax incentives and things that Will allow developers to be able to afford and and they've been there's been some talk about um, I know that the four points funding project yeah I don't want to quote exactly the restrictions but some of their incentives to build that property came with um, like it cannot be used for short term like right it, they are deed restricted to full time housing but in exchange they got they are able to build their project cheaper. Um, Things like tap fees are extremely expensive and restrictive to building up here. If you create incentives around that, where you deed restrict, but you maybe reduce tap fees, that's another just incentive way that the town can effectively long-term because tap fees are the cost to bring water there. So it's town government putting resources forward to say like, we will put town resources towards these projects because our community needs it. Um, and those are the ideas that I'm interested in, in discussing with the people that know more than
0: me. So what other, what other issues on a, a town level are you really looking at uh, when you're considering this run? Well, now that you are running yeah. with this run, what other issues are important to you?
1: Um, I think there, are, there really are six, um, and they're, they're tied together. Uh, just like when we were just talking about affordable housing. Um, and we we talked that article that you wrote and you've the working homeless articles and things are eye-opening. Um and I hope people understand how bad the situation is. Um, but that's a single guy and he's about to leave. Um imagine a, a working family with two kids and not only do they not have housing, but there is no child care available in a place where you need two incomes to survive. Um, and,
0: and a place with no resources for the homeless, really. I mean, you exactly to get down to it. No, we
1: have we have some resources for, um, you know, abuse victims and things. And, and right. those nonprofits are incredible, but we have almost nothing for uh, homeless. In fact, the outside,
0: homeless, of, outside of a voucher for up to two or three nights, that's about the as good as it gets.
1: You know, when I first moved here, I was super encouraged by one of the Facebook groups. I don't remember which one, but there was someone with a sign up by McDonald's, like my first couple of weeks here. And the entire thread was people just. Coming out of the woodworks to help this person and provide him with, get him set up with things, but that shouldn't—that's not really an answer, right? You can't just do that every single time. It was nice to see, and it, when it does happen, it is nice to see the rallying behind it. But the the if we're talking about homeless in Estes Park, they're invisible, um, and and that's arguably worse. They live in their—I mean, there's a lot of people that live in their cars in Estes Park during the summertime.
0: It really so much that people don't know about. I mean, there are people that you know that are serving you or making your drinks or making your your dinners and your your meals when you go out, they're serving them to you. And you know, a good portion of people that you see every day are living out of their vehicles. And I like, want to be clear you know I'm not,
1: not I'm not talking about I just want to we are not talking about van life by choice, which is a cool, no. fun thing. This is people living out of their Toyota Corollas. Absolutely. Right.
0: So what, let's get into those other six issues oh, you were talking sure. about.
1: And I, the first one I wanted to bring that up is why they're all connected is we, affordable housing, childcare, uh, family services. That is huge. That's two. Number three is that um, wildfire planning and, and mitigation is a big part of us having a community in the future. Um, the next one is getting our town more green, launching green initiatives and then financial stability. Uh, And then that is five. My sixth is uh, building that a business ecosystem. So I have kind of a little weird tagline. It's a little marketing y but my visit is park marketing background, I couldn't resist. So um, I've kind of said when we have a strong business ecosystem, there will be more jobs that provide a living wage with adequate childcare and affordable housing. We increase our diversity and skilled workforce for those jobs. With proper wildfire planning and green initiatives, we can mitigate our climate impact and be prepared for the worst. And with financial stability, we have a town government that can invest in our community's future. Um, and so, those really, those six things, I think all the work has to be to say, what are your number one, two, three priorities? I'm thinking like all we have to work needs to be done on all of these at all times and progressing along to achieve these goals. Because if we build a state of the art childcare facility uh, with government, let's say we magically invest $3 million in this state of the art childcare facility, and that takes three years to build, there may not be families here. To take advantage of it, because they will already left because they couldn't afford a house or didn't have a high paying job, um, a skilled job that could afford what it costs to live here, um, and so you can drop any one of those and the rest crumble.
0: Yeah, they really do, and and that is that that wage disparity is is a big issue as well because you know living wages, especially with what rents are up here, with you know the limited childcare, it, it's just very. It's hard to gain access. I know that I wouldn't be able to live here if if I hadn't won the house lottery and just, you know, my family inherited a house, but the universe wanted me here. So it happened, but, you know, everyone else is not that lucky. And- We we bought a house here seven years
1: ago. It was a stretch. Um, And we sold that house and cashed in the house lottery of Estes Park, bought another house in Estes Park. But if we were moving here today, no way. There's no way we could afford to move here.
0: And, you know, I think all of your points are, are very valid and things we need to absolutely think of. I mean, now we've come to a point in time where instead of just having a single fire season at the height of summer, you know, we 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 had a fire breakout, you know, when there was snow on the ground. Exactly. So it's in, just
1: in a neighborhood.
0: Yes. And so and that goes directly into your sustainable uh, green policies. So I think I think that's a great platform you've got there.
1: You know, the green policies one just seems to make sense in Estes Park. There's a couple of just low-hanging fruits. For example, the parking. We can tell, I mean, parking is not an issue I have a strong passion on to to change or, you know, be an expert on. But what I do know is that we have a vehicle that drives three miles an hour for eight hours a day policing it. And it's a a gasoline combustion engine car. When we have all of these charts, you know, why does the town not have, have a plan for electrifying its fleet? Reducing our pollution. Uh, Estes Park gets more sun than like anywhere else in, in the world. We own a power company, yet we don't own a single solar panel. Our public buildings don't have panels. You know, just little things that it's time Estes Park gets caught up on. Um, and those things are cost effective enough these days that your upfront cost is paid back in less than a decade. And when you start thinking of something like a town, those those numbers make them. It makes so much sense. Anything that you're going to save money in six years is a no-brainer, especially even removing the green side of it, you know, the better for the planet. You know, there, there's no reason that our town doesn't have a, um, you know, a green plan, oh, you know, and it, it's,
0: it's time that we build one. Absolutely. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you would like the voters of, of SS Park to know about you? That's a good question.
1: Um, you know, i I I'm pretty open book um, and I, I love this town honestly. Um, And I just want to make it better. And uh, that's that's always been my goal is to just make it a better home for all of us. Um, We have a super unique place 89% of our sales tax dollars come from other from others from our guests. And uh, that's a really unique place, but it allows us to be able to call this amazing place home. And uh, I think we need to do our best and do our part to protect it and make sure it's here and stays a community
0: for the next generation. I, I absolutely agree. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking Thanks, some time out of your day to, to talk with us. And uh, I, I appreciate you, you actually reading the stuff I write. And <laughs>
1: I appreciate it, man. And, and good job on the launching the podcast. It's super exciting. Um, we yep. listened to the first episode yesterday. Yep. So yeah, keep, keep it going, man. You're doing All right. Good stuff. Yeah,
0: that's the plan. All right. Well, thanks again, Kevin. And uh, folks, I, I encourage you, you know, if you have questions, Kevin's a pretty open guy, just reach out and, and ask him. I'm sure he'll take the time to, to answer questions from, from voters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I have a I have a Facebook page, Kevin Bennis for Estes Park trustee. And then a Gmail account that I'm wide open about is uh, Bennis, B-E-N-E-S, the number four trustee at Gmail. And I'm, any questions I get there, I am posting on my website and on social media. If you know people want it, Basically, I figure if somebody has a question, maybe somebody else does too. So I'm just
0: trying to post everything wide open. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Jason. All right, folks. Well, I hope you enjoyed this interview we had today. Again, I'm going to be trying to reach out to the other candidates, see if it's something they would like to do to come on the show and talk about why they're running um coming up this friday tomorrow we do have a new story that will be coming out um it will be in written format but i'm going to go ahead and put out a audio version of it where i read this story that'll be available only to the audio portion the rest the, the written story will be available to everyone for free but the uh The other portion that will be recorded with my voice will be only for subscribers of the Colorado Switchblade. and Folks, that's only $5 a month. It's less than one cup of coffee. It's less than a newspaper subscription. So if you love what you're getting here, please help support it. We're also starting a program where we're gonna be taking on three business sponsors, local businesses that are doing things right, treating their employees right, their customers right, and if you're interested in that, just go ahead and reach out to me here at the Switchblade, Jason at ColoradoSwitchblade.com. Um, this weekend, we'll have a news roundup um, and the weekend rant. And I'm thinking of for the weekend rant, there's uh, a whole lot of social media drama that went around uh, the local Facebook groups. Uh, this past couple weeks about a bathroom situation at the local high school here in Essex Park um, because it had gone unisex. And there were some parents that were concerned. There were some students that are members of the LGBTQ plus community that were weighing in. And I'm thinking I'm going to have, since I have, you know, daughters that are high school students, that we would get some actual high school students to talk about what they feel about that whole drama storm that happened around the the making of a bathroom unisex at our high school all right folks hope you like this we'll talk to you next time i'm jason van tatenov and you've been listening to the colorado switchblade podcast